Okay, welcome back to another episode of Peace Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, also brought to you in part by Technica and Blizzard Skis. Uh, I am very thrilled today to have uh, Michelle Demshar join us. Michelle Demshar brings an extremely unique perspective to skiing. Um, she's been in the sport for over 30 years uh, with experience with the Austrian national team, the experience with the Australian national team, experience with the U.S. ski team, and now has since uh, directed her focus to uh, a unique academic experience based out of Park City, Utah for um, athletes of all kinds, but basically designed for for uh, alpine, the, the, the specific interests of alpine athletes or winter sport athletes. Um, and that's exactly why uh, I, I wanted to have you on here, Michelle, is that I want to talk about the, um, the, 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 the role of academics uh, with skiing. And um, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. Oh, welcome, James. Nice to talk to you. And by here, I mean uh, present uh, on the phone. <laughs> yep. I, re- I do realize you're uh, about four, five hours south of me at this moment. But uh, um, so before we get into the, the academy, the, of what you've what you've created, um, what where where did this the, like what kind of things were you seeing in in skiing and academics that kind of kind of brought to light this idea that you that you felt the need to, to do this? Well, it's been uh, really sort of uh, in the back of my mind for a very long time. As you mentioned, I've been around the sport for you know, over 30 years. And um, the conflict really between academics and athletics first really became very obvious to me when I was back in Australia. I was director of Ski Federation there. And um, although it's a small skiing nation, alpine skiing, maybe not so in the newer sports, but that's where I really was noticing the the, the issues that, that um, higher level athletes were having with completing their education and and being able to to ski and with the added um, difficulty of uh, the off seasons it um, compounded that and then um, uh, having my own children who were into ski racing and we faced when they were in high school and wanting to to ski race we were faced with the issue of uh how do we get through high school and do it well so they can go to college and still be able to do what they really love to do most at that time in their life which was to ski race so that really was uh where i had to uh, bite the bullet and, and find a creative solution and um you know it was also just watching you know as our kids grew up when we first moved to park city over 20 years ago there there were a couple of sports outside everybody skied but there was i don't know maybe a a few hundred kids that played soccer you know a couple of other sports but not really very many and then there was every sport had its season where you know you skied in the summer and soccer uh in the winter sorry and soccer in the summer or whatever it was and swam But now, 20 years on, watching the development of uh, youth sport, youth elite sport, there there is no such thing as uh, seasonal sport. It's a year-round endeavour. And and that year-round endeavour is uh, beginning at increasingly younger ages. Whereas, you know, as we know, particularly in ski racing, it used to be um, hang out the skis, I said, in in the summer. But now, you know, down to, I guess, even U14, they're already having camps. I mean, you 
are better than me, but you 16 for sure. So how does that affect your education? You know, it puts a real uh, strain on, on not just the athlete, but also the parents and the whole environment. Um, and it draws, of course, the, the uh, club coaches into it as well. Because as we know, you know, the whole communication system between the triangle between the athlete, parent and coach, you know, where what do we put first, what's important? And of course, the coaches are always cognizant of education being important. However, days on snow is also important. Because every day that your athlete's not there, somebody else is. So how do we do that? Um, and going back to personal experience, you know, watching my own kids struggle with um, the conflict the conflict of just loving, just wanting to be out there, but knowing that they have to do schoolwork. And it's just, as a parent watching this, it's just crushing because we also know they're not going to be skiing forever, um, but you really, you know, want to see something, you know, be so happy when you have a young person that is very passionate about something, you want to feed it. And it's not necessarily because you... I mean, some may see, you know, the world stage and others may just see um, it's great for kids to be involved in some, you know, some healthy activity. There are so many other things, as we know, that ski racing brings to them other than just the right, left, right, left. So um, the solution to me seems seem pretty obvious. Um, you can do schooling at an all different pace. But your athletics, really, there's a program that has to be uh, has to be followed, and that schedule can be determined by hill space, by um, just uh, periodization, whatever it is. But that really is something that there's a reason behind it. Schooling, um, school schedules do not really have a reason other than to fit in around other people, as in the teachers. So the thought was if we can give, uh, you know, if I can give my kids um, the space and time they need to do their school and the space and time they need to do their athletics, then uh, hopefully they can excel in both areas without the conflict. So the way to do that was, okay, let's put the athletics first because that is not something that we get to choose and then let's build around it. And so uh, that's really the uh, that was the um, the beginning of all of that um, was to see that uh, that um, you know that the, each of their areas of, of passion got the full full attention that it needed um, because uh, yeah academics are, is very important to me I mean I knew that they would need, would want to and would need to go on to college and want to set them up as well as possible so that when they were ready to do so, that they would not be, um, not look back and say, gosh, I wish I would have, you know, wish I would have studied more and now I really can't do what, can't study what I want to do. So um, that's really where, that's the, um, the philosophy behind it, I guess. I think you just, you touched upon such a strong point here in that you said, well, we got to make skiing first and then we've got to build the academic plan around that. And I think you know, that's what that's the idea I think people have when they think about ski academies. And though most of them do something of that nature, I, I, I do still see, you know, in conversation, um, you know, sometimes I've been on the inside of these things. A lot of times I'm on the outside of these things, but it seems like there's still a push and pull with the teachers and uh, in the academic side who, who want to 
put the academics first. And, and, and though we all understand the importance of that, I philosophically believe that, uh, you know, you also mentioned passion and, and love for skiing. I personally believe that if these kids are going to learn way more about themselves and develop big, stronger life skills, pursuing a passion than they are going to be, than, than they will spending more time in the classroom. Now, I'm not saying that you, we don't need academics and I'm not saying that we don't need to have a strong academic platform, but just as a kid needs to learn balance, I think the community of teacher and coach need to understand balance more. And it just seems like, you know, if, if you're, if this is the goal is to put out great skiers in, in an academic setting or some sort of uh, academy setting, then shouldn't the, shouldn't the skiing be first? Yeah, that's um, exactly, uh, well, from my experience, absolutely. The, um, you know, it's not, you know, putting skiing first. And you say, talk about academies, there's there's a lot of different models and that's what's wonderful in this country. There's a lot of different options and different models and everybody's doing great in the, the model they're doing. The thing is, though, as I said, you know, with a year-round um, effort, it, it really means that the um, school – okay, let's I'll backtrack. Education, your schooling is one part of your education. That's the way that, that I feel. For some people, their schooling is their education, and that's why high schools have all these, you know, different electives, you know, underwater basket weaving and hula hooping <laughs> and whatever it is, because you've got to get a round out. They, you know, here school wants to create these rounded individuals. With ski racing, if you have kids who have found a sport that they that they love, and it's 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 unique in that it's not something you just show up to practice for an hour and then you leave. As we know, it's it's an all day. You know, every weekend, all day, after school, or whatever it is, is there's just is so much more um, involvement, and there is so much learning that goes on um, in in that. And it's so as I say, the schooling is one part, and then there's the rest of the education. And what ski racing teaches the the kids in time management, in interpersonal relationships, in accountability, in so many things that they don't realize even, and and. And for parents who haven't been involved in ski racing, they don't realise it either. The um, on race day, the whole um, excitement, the preparation, the cool down, and so there's a lot of unrealistic expectations I think that are being placed on on school age um, children to to be able to perform really well in both of these areas. They don't understand a lot of um, parents and even coaches maybe don't understand the emotional energy that children use to really perform in both. And as much as coaches um, or, you know, may think that the kids, are, there's too much emphasis on, on school and they've, well, gosh, well, you're not, you can't go to that race, but it's so important. On the other hand, they've got their parents thinking that the kids are putting too much emphasis and the teachers on the ski racing. Well, you're not going to do it forever. Teachers are getting mad. You, you know, you're not here. You're behind. You know, you, you have to make up. So the pressures that the kids um, just sort of soak up is just, you know, it, everyone's different. But really, you think about the, all this negative energy actually could be turned around the other way into the positive that they can really excel in both. And, you know, my experience has been, um, not just personally, but now with students that we have, is that it really can work the other way in that the, the success in one area of their life, how it fuels uh, into the other area. So success on the hill 
then projects onto added um, um, interest and activity in their academics and the other way around. When they do well at school, it's, oh, my gosh, I actually can do this. Instead of being always behind, always catching up, never being able to really perform to their potential, they do. And then they can go to the hill, totally don't have to stand at the top of the, you know, the course in the start gate or whatever, think, oh, my gosh, my teacher's going to kill me. I've got that, you know, physics assignment to, I've got that essay to write. Their head's in the wrong place a lot of the time. That's what we hear a lot. And now, you know, if you can separate these out and say, okay, when you're at school, do your school. When you're on the hill, be on the hill. Um, and we seem to be having pretty good success with that. And as I say, I don't think my own kids would ever have got the grades they did if it weren't for their sport. It's certainly, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a wonderful thing to say, to be able to have happy kids <laughs> that are doing well in both. Absolutely. I think, I mean, a lot of credit goes to you for being an active parent through through all that. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, just put their kids into the systems and they trust it. And I, and though that's what you should do, but being active to see the big picture and what's going on as a parent is super important so that you actually have a perspective of what your kid's going through so that you can better help facilitate that, which I think a lot of parents like would want, you know, provided they had, you know, the interest, they would, they would want to be active in that. It's not just send your kid off to school and at the end of the day, how was your day? And that was it. You know, I think, um, you know, you spoke earlier about uh, the, the, how we're, we're specializing in sports at a younger age. And I think one of the things that I'm starting to see, especially when, you know, the winter school in Park City was a, was a thing, um, is that, you know, it, why, why do we need to emphasize like ski rate, like we go to school in the winter, we don't go to school in the summer. And that's an older model that is starting to evolve finally. But, you know, why, why would we stack up if we have the option, why would we stack up the winter months and just make it this hell of a grind for these kids? And then, um, you know, and then leave them just up to their own demise for the summer. I mean, why can't we use this entire time um, to, to periodize the academics just like you would with the athletics? Right. And that's um, what uh, what we're doing actually in our school is that we um, run on a 12-month um, model. It's a rolling enrollment 12-month um, schedule. Mm-hmm. So just backing up a little bit before I get on to mine, I mean, you know, in other parts of the world, you know, different countries deal with it. Every, in, in all countries, they deal with the same um, issue. And so, you know, I've obviously looked at how do other, other countries do it. But, you know, the way, um, the way that your high school is set up, you know, is determined by college entrance requirements, obviously. And here in the States, the added um, piece to the whole uh, puzzle are NCAA requirements, which, as we all know, <laughs> um, are ever-changing. So, you know, when trying to figure out, this is one thing, trying to negotiate what is the best way to, to do high school, it's, it's all very well to look at what other countries do. Like in Austria, they simply, do, instead of doing high school in four years, they add another year, five years. Mm-hmm. So you spread it out, which is great, and the lower. But you can't do that here because of NCAA requirements. They have, you know, certain things need to be completed in a certain amount of time and so on and so forth. So there is, you know, there is 
merit to look what other people there always is to see how other people are doing it however it what's as you said what seems to be uh makes sense or made sense to us when we um set up our school was to say well um these kids are doing uh sport year round so why wouldn't we be doing school year round right the whole school system the modern school era system as you probably know it was set up uh the industrial revolution time the industrial revolution because it suited workers to have kids on the same sort of schedule as workers it has nothing to do there is no logical education or you know advantage to be going to school during these particular months or you know during this period of time it is it fits into the working schedule of people and that's about it and so what we have tried to do is to flip the model we put the student first it's student centric and we'll say what do you need and let's build something around that and what that typically means you know looking at it not only from the from both perspectives from the athletically what that means is being flexible being extremely flexible you know if a student who's got everything set up then bang they qualified into you know regionals nationals whatever you know depending on the sport the names of it but basically qualified into an upper level competition but shoot that means missing school and that's exactly when that exam is and that's when this is and when that is i can't miss it but you miss that and then you miss the next step mm-hmm. so what we do is say okay we are flexible yes we have a plan but there should always be that possibility to to be this is terrific a qualified in and not there's not even a question I'm going and I'm going to go prepared because I'm going to need more time to prepare but I'm going to do that. But that doesn't mean that you just don't do the school. It just means I will do it some other time. But if you're going to do that, you need to have the whole year of flexibility to fit that in. Mm-hmm. So with the whole year of year-round sport and the year-round school, so yes, you do fit in um you have to be prepared to to um you know to be able to go to school when didn't complete you know, it's not like you just don't do it. You right. still need to do it. But that doesn't seem to be an issue because, you know, who needs really the two months off? And then getting back to the the winter school, which is a great option here in Park City. Some people have heard of the kids go to school in the winter, uh, in the summer. But you've got a 12 months, what, a nine month public school you have to be. It's basically run on, a, you have to be in school 180 days. So it's really based off attendance. It's not based on necessarily you know, what you've learned so much as how many days you are at school. And at the winter school, the nine-month attendance is um, reduced to seven months, which means that you have five months off. So the kids are not in school for five months of the year. So when we were looking at it, you know, academically, not a big fan of kids really not doing anything for five months of the year. Mm -hmm. Not sure that that's a... That's a, a great, uh, great idea. As a teacher, and I remember that was uh, when I was actually teaching in high school. You know, the first few weeks after the summer break was just reactivating the brain, trying to remember what you, what you, uh, what you learned. You know, five months ago, uh, not a very productive time. So again, from the academic standpoint. You know, year-round school is great from an athletic standpoint. Year-round school is great. It doesn't mean you're going to school all year round. Right. It just means that you can schedule your learning blocks and your athletic blocks as you need them. And that, and this is, and this speaks specifically to what you guys are doing at the Peekaboo yep. Street Academy. Is that that's, that's right? That's where you guys have come from on this yep. in this model. 
Well, that's what we've come up with, exactly. Um, that's from, you know, so now that you've mentioned the name, yes, Peekaboo Street Academy, there are three of us who started the school of Peekaboo Street, the, the, the big name to it. Peekaboo, um, with her, she struggled getting through school and she was very keen to, to, she's very keen to give back to the ski racing community in some way. And she felt at this stage in her life, when she's a mother of three young boys, um, and uh, knowing the struggle she went through, this was the area that she really wanted to to uh, try to contribute to was uh, schooling. And my other partner, Dan Kemp, he's been in education for, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And he actually was at uh, USSA with, with me. He started the academy there. So he's had a lot of um, experience. He started several schools and... Um, you know, looking at all of us, you know, having worked with athletes, this um, model of schooling, you know, to uh, take into account the needs of the, the student athlete, the advances in technology that schools do not yet have not caught up with, and just the realities of, you know, where school and education is going, we came up with, uh, yeah, the model that we... Are running, which is different from anything else that we've seen around. <clears throat> and and most of this this is coming from uh, an online based resource, as well as a human interaction with a tutor or a teacher, as well, right? So you, you've got That's different. Right. There's multiple facets of, you know, whether you're in Park City present, you can have the support of a teacher, or whether you're out on the road or doing a ski camp in New Zealand, you have your, as long as you've got your internet, you've got the ability to uh, do, do your assignments and, and, and do your work. That's right. Yeah, it's called an enriched blended model. And what that means is, yes, it's a virtual curriculum. The only way you can have this level of flexibility where each each student is um, has their own their own curriculum, really, at mm-hmm. their own pace, mm-hmm. is to be um, virtually based. However, it's not that um, I always laugh when I you know, said I would love to have a, a dollar for every online course that was bought in Park City and never completed by well-meaning parents. You know, these are teenagers um, and there's, it's not really very, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get motivation to sit on your home at home and complete a course. A lot of kids see that as a way of lightening their school load, oh, I'll just take an online course. Well, yes, but it's a little bit difficult for some kids to do that. So it is a um, virtual curriculum, and having said that, it's just like anything else. There's a lot of good stuff. Well, there is some good stuff out there, but there's a lot of awful stuff out there. So we spend a lot of time um, finding a a partner, an academic partner, to provide the curriculum that we um, felt would really have a very – it's a very rigorous um, curriculum. It is absolutely college preparatory. So that was um, something important to us and also that uh, they would work with us year-round. That was also another very important aspect in uh, choosing our academic partner. So, yes, it is the curriculum is, is virtual and then we are, have a physical presence here in Park City. It is a school um, and so it's open every day between 8 and 5 and um, we only close, what is it, Christmas, New Year and Thanksgiving um, and the kids come and go as they need to during these school hours. And in the building, teachers are there to work individually, one-on-one, or in small groups with the students. So the um, 
each student is in, said they're individual. Some like to have a lot of help. Some do not want any. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really up to up to them. And as you say, with being a um, a virtual curriculum, they can take it with them if they want to. So they don't have to be based here. But being based here in Park City, obviously. Being able to come in, be with other other kids, be with students, with teachers to help them—that's really um, the you know big advantage. But you know, if they do want to um, do work, whether on when they're on uh, on a camp or away, then they certainly can. But that's not something that we require. Mm-hmm. Um, every kid is different, you know. We say when you're when you're away, if that's what you want to focus on, you know, if you're going to get up for warm up at six and stretch and then breakfast and then you're on the hill and then you're doing this and then you've got to do your skis and then you've got um, dry land and then you've got coaches meeting video whatever I really don't want you to be doing school work because it's going to be probably going to be pretty crummy you know your essay is probably not going to be that great if you want to do some get catch up on some reading and that you're going to need later on that's great on the other hand some kids may be able to handle it Mm. And that's the beauty of this. The thing is that you're not missing anything because wherever you left off, that's where you'll pick up again when you get back. So there's no stress um, of missing of um, you know missing out on anything. We uh, watch each student. We can see you know if somebody needs extra help, even if they don't think so, we will suggest it. Um, but in the end, it does require a lot of accountability and maturity. And it's an interest, been an interesting process to watch. A lot of kids come, you know, first and they'll say, oh, this is great. Nobody's breathing down my neck. I can do what I want. And say, well, yeah, you can. But like in everything in life, there's always consequences. Right. <laughs> you know? And um, you, you still have to complete your work. And we have very high expectations on grades. And it's completion, it's mastery-based. So you don't get to move on until you've mastered the topic. You can't just blow something off. It just doesn't work like that. So it takes a little while for some to get adjusted. Others just jump in right away. But it's interesting to see the ownership. This is the thing. When they realize that nobody's actually going to tell them, you have to do this, when they figure out no one's going to really tell them it is up to them, they totally step up to the plate and they want to do well. These are competitive young people that want to succeed. And if you can drive this competitiveness into the academics, it's a it's a it's a really cool thing um, to see that happen. Absolutely, and I think the, the the kind of athletes and the kind of families that are taking advantage of a program like this or trying to seek a program like this, I mean, we're, you're not doing it for a, a, just your run of the mill uh, athlete. You're talking about highly self motivated people who have clearly shown passion yeah. themselves for what they're doing. And which is is which would um, say to a, which would you know communicate to a parent? Okay, I guess we need to we do need to look into this. Um, and and obviously the, the the kid is is pushing this as well as or if not more yep. than the parent. But that's oh. that 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 leads that leads me. So do these do each of these kids have their own like academic advisor, someone that is kind of communicating with them individually? Like, hey, I oh, see. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, we have. Um... That's just it. It is very highly personalized and individualized. That's the way it works. Is it so? Um, they, uh, we have, you know, someone who watches exactly what they're, you know, we go through the choice of classes, the timing, 
all of those things and then we continue. I mean, everybody is, is, is very closely watched. And sometimes, you know, we give them enough rope just to sort of feel it tugging, but we're not enough to hang themselves, so to speak. <laughs> so, you know, they are um, – that's the thing. You know, these are teenage kids and, yeah, as we all know, they don't always make the, the, the wisest of choices. And But we are – you know, part of our role as educators is to, you know, to provide an opportunity. As we say, we're providing an opportunity, and it's up to them to to take the opportunity and to to, to use it. And we remind them, and they're fully aware. It's usually the, the kids who uh, say to their parents, "This is what I want. I need to go there," because they can see the level of flexibility it affords them. And the interesting thing, actually, which we were a little bit surprised about, was just how young. Um, we're having a lot younger kids coming than we had anticipated, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. And I think it's a reflection of what we was saying in the beginning is that these um, the, the uh, athletic requirements or desires are starting earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, at the U14 level, this is where Absolutely. Um, you know we're getting a lot of kids being interested. And then again, it's you know the parents trying to understand the model is that uh, um, some of them just don't just cannot quite grasp it because it really doesn't fit into the traditional model of what they knew. So, you know, education's a little bit, you know, everybody's an expert because everybody went to school. However, things have changed a lot since the day, you know, I was at school and they were at school and um, primarily in the use of technology. And so if you look at the way that uh, college courses are, run these days it is you know in some in some parts of the world and even here a lot of it is really through the computer some of them don't you don't even go to lectures anymore you know everything's up they read it they do it um or it's a mixture it's a blend but you have to be very computer literate you have to be um or you don't have to but it's certainly an advantage right you have to be to self-advocate you have to you know be comfortable talking to um to the professors, the teachers, and so on, and it's a very similar model that we are doing. So the step between our model and, you know, college is really not that great as opposed to from the traditional high school, a lot of kids get to, you know, to college and they're like deer in the headlights. This is like, holy smokes, what's this? Right. It's a completely different setup. Whereas we're, we're um, you know, we, we really do, we treat the kids with, well, I like to think that we treat them with the respect and we we just we continuously remind them because they are teenagers and you know that you'll tell them they get it and then next week they've forgotten it again and that's fine we understand that but we will continuously remind them of the importance of the scheduling what it will mean if you do this then that um and so on and so forth so it's it's a very collaborative um atmosphere and i have to say you know it comes five o'clock and sometimes like okay guys you need to leave now which we hadn't anticipated (laughs) like school's over i need to go home leave so um yeah it seems to uh it seems to resonate with um the this group as you say highly motivated individuals they're looking for something different Michelle, I really appreciate your perspective, uh, giving us your perspective, and I and I hope that um, our, our listeners are definitely inspired by what you're saying. I, I certainly am, and of course, I've agreed with you for a while now. Um, and I guess the final point I would like to make to the audience is that I mean, if you're going to commit yourself to ski racing and all those academies that are 
hopefully uh, catching wind of this, is that you know there are hundreds of school options that put academics first, thousands even. Yep. But if you're going to pursue this sport, the you do need to put the skiing first. And that is not a, um, a slander on academics. You can still pursue all. that as well. But the skiing totally. does need to be more of a uh, the higher priority. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, as I say, it is totally possible, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Um, and that's that's the thing, you know, there's, it's a lot of us like to, you know, it's, it's comfortable to have a lot of, you know, have blocks of time off or to do, you know, just, just stay with, you know, I, I used to hear a lot. Well, it's, it works for me, so why would I change? Right. Well, well, that's maybe just not you. quite it because a lot of things change. That's the thing. You know, there are a lot of things that's changed around us, so we need to change with them. And education is such an important part. And the thing is that, you know, as, as the educators and the parents, we would say it is, you know, in the long term, it is the most important part. However, I think it would be really remiss to, to not acknowledge how what an important part of a child's identity, this, you know, if they've chosen the sport and how much it really um, contributes to their character development and sense of being and to, you know, to, to it's not necessary to, to thwart that. Um, so you say, well, you've got, to, you've got to, you know, you've got to concentrate on school so you can't do it. it it's, it's just not really necessary. There are ways around it, just have to be creative. A great idea is born out of necessity. That's uh, right. <laughs> you've been listening to Peace Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, also brought to you by Technica Blizzard. Michelle, thank you so much for carving some time out of your busy schedule to be with us Very today. You're welcome. Thanks. Nice to talk to you, James.